podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. podcast, 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 podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Dishonomics Podcast. I'm joined by one of my favourite people in the world, special guest, Mr. Las Olas himself. Seb, what are you saying? What are you saying, bro? Oh, that's a great intro, man. Yeah, that's a good intro. That's, 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 you, know, you know what, yeah? That's unchar- uncharacteristic for me still. Like, I know. Bro, that, was a nice, that was a nice intro still, so... Yeah, no, Do you know no, on the no. podcast I have to paint myself in a positive image? Everywhere okay, else, okay, everywhere else, okay. everywhere else is a joke. It's a joke. Hard take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the vibes. Yeah. But um, have you been though? How, how's things been on your end? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good, man. Um, you know, just uh, dealing with um, you know the after effects of kind of like Corona and stuff like that in regards to like different businesses and aspects of our business. But uh, one thing I say is kind of Corona's given us a. Um, uh, you know, uh, a time to kind of reset and um, kind of fast forward some plans. So for me, like, um, I've always wanted to do certain things, but with Corona uh, happening and um, certain things, uh, you know, being slow or us having to wait for certain things, I thought, ah, cool, let me fast forward some of my plans. And yes, I've just literally been working on that, man. Okay, so... um... For those who don't know, uh, tell us uh, what your your main venture is at the moment. Cool. So my main venture right now is Las Olas, um, and our first our first product is um, a spice rum. So we are the first. Um, I'd say we are probably the first black owned premium spice rum. Um, you know that's out there. Uh, there are some more spice rums out there now, uh, more black-owned spice rums out there now, but we were the first, and we are still the first premium um, black-owned spice rum. But we don't just do rum, um, and this is what I was kind of alluding to just before, is we kind of want to build up the platform and uh, venture into um, other things to do with the alcohol industry. So whether that be glassware or other accessories, um, these are the things that we're literally working on now and basically providing a unique and better experience for customers on our website. Okay, sick, sick. So we look forward we look forward yes. to seeing that. How many times yes. do people hit you up asking for a bottle or you laugh? You have to tell them, fam, it's still sold out. Fam, do you know what's so funny? <laughs> literally, yeah, just now, like all my life, literally just now I got an email. <laughs> I just got an email just now about, uh, like, if it's, um, if it's in stock or... Um, yeah, or whatever. And like, we get emails from like Canada, uh, South Africa, different places, just like, oh, when are you back or do you ship here or whatever? And, um, it's, it's it, you know what? I'm happy because people still want the product. And, uh, one thing, um, I wanted to do is use this year. Um, so we launched last year, November. So use the, the, the 12 months from when we launched as kind of a tester to see what people like and, how they, you know, respond to the product, if this is something they'd buy into. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been good. So it's been a good first year and we want to end um, the year on a high. So, yeah. yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, I remember, um, I, I remember asking you, then I don't, I don't know why, maybe we just think that you just have hella bottles just chilling in your yard, like mm. your own supplier, like you're not trying to feed them. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's good. It's the fact that you've... Um, 
you're actually out of stock says a lot. And the fact that people are pestering you yeah. internationally <laughs> shows yeah. um, shows the vibes. Okay, so um, obviously me and you, we speak a lot offline in our private yeah. group of friends about businesses and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people listening are intrigued when it comes to business or want to start a business or already have started a business. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's quite cool to have a discourse, especially talking black owned businesses, business practices, integrity, and all the other stuff that it incorporates to, um, into businesses. So what would you mm-hmm. say one of some of from your experience and like speaking to your mentors and I know you, you study a lot of other brands. Mm-hmm. What some of them like, main things um that would you say are, are so fundamental and key in the in the early stages like of mm. having your own business uh well i feel like probably the biggest thing right now and what businesses um and what like uh successful people are trying to say right now is your brand story what's your brand story mm. like who, who are you what is your brand why do we need this brand and why should we um you know buy into you or whatever so quite early quite early on i told part of the brand story so whether that be going on your pod or going on other platforms or whatever i spoke about my journey Mm. i spoke about the story i haven't done it on a big scale yet because usually people do like internet ads and stuff like that or whatever because as i said this 12 months was more so of a test. It wasn't for me to go super mainstream and go like blow up or whatever. It was more so, okay, let me give it to people like the community first and build up like a, a core, uh, a core um, community and see, you know, so I can get feedback in it. So like I can get feedback from this person, that person and um, everybody that I'm getting feedback from, do you know what I mean? Like we can have these conversations or whatever. So um yeah, it's about telling your story where you can. For me, I'd say, like, if you are a new business, probably tell your story on, like, Instagram. So mm. on your own Instagram, go get, um, you know, a camera or whatever and, you know, create something and basically tell your story and tell us why that product is needed. And I feel like literally right now, um, that's probably probably the biggest thing. And then the second thing I'd more so is, okay, who are you selling to? And then building up a community. So whether it's 10 people, 20 people, 50 people or whatever, build up a community, do more than Instagram and Twitter, build up um, a contact list so you can email people and stuff like that. Mm. Um, And yeah, just build up your community. And yeah, once you've you've done those uh, first two things, I feel like things will start to fall into place and whatever. Okay, cool. So where do you... Okay, so where do you stand when it comes to okay obviously some people they have a business idea it's mm. clearly like a very good idea there's there's interest in it or whatever where do you stand when it comes to raising money because like some people um want to give out equity some people mm. want to uh crowdfund some people want to mm. just actually just get like donations like on a yeah. on a um I don't know whether they do a fundraiser or a GoFundMe yeah. or a charity yeah. or like a or like an event to raise money. Like, where do you stand on on those um, different things? Um, it literally it's, it just literally depends. Like, because some some businesses for like think they need to raise money and they don't. Um, they literally just haven't you know thought about all of their options. Um, some businesses want to give away equity and they don't need to because they can, you know, apply for loans. Like shout out um, Dems from Lendo. That's another platform that um, yeah, are making big, it easier. Big G. 
yeah, making it easier for uh, people that look like you and I to go get and access business loans. So some people may think, okay, the, like the whole startup world is so interested in, oh, let me get this idea, let me raise money at a certain valuation, let me scale it mm. and get a billion pounds or whatever. And that's like the startup story. But sometimes you don't need to do that. Sometimes um, you can take your time. And people are in a rush. People want the success in, in two years. And I've been guilty of that. Like, I've sometimes, I've, I, 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 like, even right, like right now, we're thinking of maybe possibly raising, but we're only ready now. I didn't need to probably raise in free. I didn't need to raise at the start, even though I thought I needed to raise at the start. I didn't. Mm. I could have just done it on my own, and I have done it on my own. Yeah. Um, so it's just about kind of um, seeing if you actually need the money and then seeing the best way to structure it. Because, um, for example, uh, what you think your business is worth um, when you come to raise money may not be what it's worth. So, like, I got an email the other day saying, uh, yeah, like, we like the business or whatever, but your valuation is too high. That's perfectly fine. Mm. There's some people that may say, oh, your valuation um, is good, but it's just, you're, you're too early for us. Um, come back when you're looking to raise one million, do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm. So these things are going to happen, um, and it may, it, may, it may happen where I don't raise the money, I managed to get some get some more money from you know friends, family, or whatever. Do it privately, and I never need money again. I.e., for example, uh, Gymshark. Mm. He that guy that um, uh, he, Gymshark is now valued at one billion, and he's now worth seven hundred million. Matthew. And he didn't take, from what I know, he didn't take any outside investment. Um, very early. I don't know if he took it at, like later, but basically, I don't think he's taken outside investment and he scaled it up. He built up. He built up his community and he done his thing. And now he's worth seven hundred million, and Gymshark is worth a billion. Do you know what I mean? So um, it can be done. Um, you don't necessarily have to raise, but if you do have to raise, if you do raise, um, I feel like you should always give something in return. So whether that be equity or or something else, but yeah, it, well, most more likely equity. Um, yeah, if you're raising, you, I think you have to give equity in return. But whether it's about how much equity you give in it, and um, yeah, that's that's the difficult part. Okay, so speaking on the equity, so why is um, why is the amount you give important for the listeners like, who don't know what what could be some of the downfalls if you give away too much equity? For example, like okay, like there's probably one of the two main reasons I say is one, you always want to have a controlling stake. So whether you start a business with you and your friends, you you want to have uh, 51%. So, you know, people can't kick you off your own company and, and, and things like that. Like the, these, these things um, are necessary. And obviously like having board seats and having your friends in board seats. So, you know, you can vote against things and whatever. Mm -hmm. Those things are very important. So having a percentage where you have a controlling stake is in, uh, and you have the final say is very important. But for, even if we get given away 49%, very early on, if you give away too much equity, it's not going to be attractive for investors at a later date. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if me, myself, I wanted to raise and I knew nothing, and initially I said to somebody, oh, cool, come into my business, give me 50K and I'll give you 30%. 
you already you're, you're, you've already done a madness to your business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've given away thirty percent of your business, and then when another investor comes in, he's gonna say, "Raw, okay, obviously you want to have a controlling stake." So now there's only nineteen percent left. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Or other investors because there's gonna be different rounds. So the seed round is like the first round. So. At the very, very first round, you don't want to be giving away too much of your business because if you're a business that hopes to raise in the future, you're going to have a Series A, which is like, um, you know, still early, and then Series B, Series D, do you know what I mean? So on and so forth. So if you give away too much equity uh, very early, you could end up being in a uh, in a position where you have less than a controlling stake and you're getting kicked out of your company and somebody put another CEO because mm. they don't like the way that your business is ran. Whereas if you have a controlling stake and you still and you have enough people on the board um on, on, on the board seat, so whether your friends are on there or the way how you structure your deal, you have final sale, whatever nobody can really kick you off your company. They'll give you advice. Like, if they don't like the way it's running, they might say, oh, yeah, like on a, oh, listen, really and truly, you shouldn't be CEO, da 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 whatever. But ultimately, the decision lies with you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I feel like it's, it's important to kind of understand um, how much equity to give away um, early. Okay, cool. So, um, recently we've seen, obviously, with what's happened in America, it's kind of like a snowball effect in various segments. Of society, but we're seeing a kind of like a renewed and almost a more a full kind of sustained interest and like passion for black owned businesses where people actually are speaking with their speaking with their coins with their pound mm-hmm. notes where mm-hmm. they weren't investing um in black businesses mm-hmm. so what's your opinion on how it's gone so far do you see do you think it's this is a a philosophy that's going to be like here to stay or do you feel like this is a trend and do you feel like um, and how can people who are black um, who are black men and black women who have their own business ventures how they can um, capitalize off that it's, it's, it's difficult because i feel like america are more are more willing to do it than the uk mm. so in america for example in my industry uh jack daniels and uh uncle Neris, so Quickly, quick, uh, quick side note. Uncle Neris, he he was the uh, well, he he was a slave and then he was free. But basically, he's the one that first distilled like Jack Daniels. So the recipe and whatever he distilled Jack, Jack Daniels, and also the technique of charcoal uh, filtering, which was a technique from West Africa. Um, you know, and he brought it to America. That's how Jack Daniels was filtered. And yeah, so basically that's Uncle Nearest anyway. Mm. So Uncle Nearest, um, now they have their own separate distillery, which is right next to Jack Daniels. Um, they, uh, they, uh, them and Jack Daniels have put a fund together for people that want to go into the alcohol industry. It's about maybe four or five million. Um, and they put that fund together. See, the thing is, is... Um, companies are going to do that in America because um, they are thinking about the future. If you, like, one of the things that people don't understand is the world is becoming more and more liberal. I say, like, America is becoming more and more liberal. Whether that reflects enough in its, in, in, in a politics, it's, it, it means that there's enough of a market where you can afford to pick a side. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas before, there wasn't a market where you could pick a side. For now, right now, there is a market where you can afford to actually pick a side and still do well in your business from picking a side and neglecting another side. Um, so that's why I feel like they're doing it because it's uh, it's not going to really affect their bottom line. 
Diageo has have committed money to America Constellation Brands, which is uh, the people that own uh, the Corona beer. They committed, <laughs> yeah, they committed like a hundred million. So I feel like it's it's something that's gonna last. But the one the one thing is, um, I don't know if there's a I don't know if there are good businesses out there that can reap the benefit of that money. So it might just be a headline. Do you mm. know what I mean? So. America, whatever, they're doing their thing. In the UK, I feel like it's kind of been a bit slow, a bit hush-hush. There isn't too much. And that kind of reflects within the UK. Because, you know, America's massive. So even though black people may be maybe a single-digit percentage, I'm not too sure, or whatever, it's still so many people in America that are black or like black people, whatever. Whereas here in the UK, it's different. Do you know what I mean? So brands are still tiptoeing. Some brands are like, yeah, maybe we do like black people. Some some brands are like, mm, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So there isn't uh, much of a push here in the UK to kind of um, do that. But I do feel like in America, once a brand that has been a, that's benefited from that that yeah that's been able to benefit from uh, one of those schemes blows up, then the UK will do what they usually do and follow America. But by then, do you know what I mean? Who knows? It may be too late. Yeah, it's true what you said. That, for example, obviously America has a much larger population than, yeah. the, than, the, and than the UK. But um, 13.4% of Americans are are black, whereas exactly there's 3% of the UK that are black. And obviously yeah. America is like almost like 300 million or something like people living there where us is 70 million. So there's, so, there's, a, there's like a massive massive there's like 40 40 plus million black people in america whereas mm-hmm. there's like two million two to three yeah. million black people here so as you said the market is com- completely completely different um from what i've seen i've seen in the uk i've seen people are trying to like um be more supportive so somebody said yo i'm a black hunter duh, duh, that will get better mm. retweets oh yeah 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 that's going well like yeah. that social stuff is going well yeah so the, the introduction yeah. of black pound day going well yeah yeah, yeah black pounder yeah but the, the, the thing is like what um i hope to see is the social support in terms of and i'm not digging people i mean it's actually sick because if 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 your business is getting tens of thousands or thousands of retweets you're mm-hmm. opening up to a wider audience a wider market of customers so i just mm-hmm. hope hopefully that starts to convert into into actual cash money so yeah um, what i also want to speak to you about is obviously when you are a black business owner or a black person, person of interest or public figure. Mm-hmm. When you're in this society, especially in the UK, certain brands, certain publications are gonna naturally are gonna do some stuff that is gonna be to the detriment of black people, whether it's mm-hmm. a major news corporation or tele um, broadcasts just saying the N word live and direct mm-hmm. and basically being like wed. Yeah, we mm-hmm. said it. Yeah. Or, yeah, or people post like maybe a fashion brand using like uh, slave references or, mm. or anti-black references in their marketing. So mm. where do you stand on integrity and on how, whether it's black influencers, black artists, black athletes, black business owners, um, black podcasters, whatever, stand on, should we be shunning these people? Should we be calling these people out? Or should we just get the bag and try and infiltrate from between like where do you stand on all that type of stuff um for me like so uh, like it's tough it's difficult because um my personality trait yeah is a um 
is a huge um, positive for the brand because how I react and how I behave in my everyday life is going to be synonymous with the brand, yeah? So I personally have, I've got, uh, like, I, I, I have, like, so much of an ego where if a brand has disrespected, like, my people or whatever, then I'm just not on it. Just simple as that, I'm not on it. I feel like we are better than you, fuck it. Like, mm. I'm not fucking with you or whatever. However, I can understand some people are in difficult positions. So whether the, their main income is from that organisation or they hope to get a job with that organisation, I, I, I literally empathise with it. And I understand why when um, a certain big TV company or broadcaster says the N-word and there's black people that whether they, whether they work in the music um, side of that or the creative side of that wouldn't say much because then there's no other option or they, they, how are they going to pay their bills? I, I get it. I, to I totally get it. For me, I feel like, um, like for example, I, I, I think I said to you the other day, like somebody asked me, uh, um, they want to do a documentary on black business mm. and they want to put me on a certain channel. And I said, no. Yeah, I said, yeah, for me, it's not going to be comfortable with that. For me, saying no makes no impact. It makes zero impact because, one, they still have a brand that are going to do it <laughs> and everybody's going to literally lap it up. And two, it's like, rah, only me and this person know that I've said no. Mm. So everybody is just going to be like, oh, yeah, like, oh, black business, blah, 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 whatever. But nobody forgets about the people. Everybody's going to forget about Sideman. Everybody's going to forget about the guy that left the station. Mm. Everybody, and then when they hire a new black person, it's going to be like, oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so this, I'm so that, whatever. They always forget the person that's going to take the stand, innit? Mm -hmm. So I understand why people do not take the stand. But for me, it's when you fuck people's money up, that's when they start to listen to you. Yeah. When you start to see, there's a whole community of there. There's a, so there's a whole community on like social media that will withdraw their support for uh, for an individual over something they said or done maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. That's perfectly fine within your right to do whatever you want. However, when we say, "Can you withdraw your interest from so and so channel?" That means whatever wherever their name is put withdraw all your interests mm. fuck the money up they will respect you people can't do it and they're locked it they're locked within that brand's ecosystem and it's so hard for them to do it like it's like when people say i'm coming off twitter and they come back within a week yeah you're it's, it's just the way how people are so conditioned yeah and i can't really i can't i can't say anything to people because i've been like this since i was a kid do you mm, know what I mean? Mm. I've, this is just me, innit? Like, if I don't like something, then I'm just not doing it. Same way with my job. How I quit my job is, I just didn't want to be in that environment where there was undertones of this, there's undertones of that. Yes, I had this and I was working on this, but, you know, I didn't know this was going to be successful. Mm. And I just quit my job and I said, fuck it, I ain't working with you, man. I'm not working for you, man. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this on my own. And again, like, it's just, this has just been me, innit? So I can't really, you know, I can't really um, uh, cri cri critique or criticize anybody that won't do it. I just feel like if people could see the bigger picture and will be whole and, and, and willing to go through some suffering for maybe whether that's a month, two months, three months, four months, whatever, willing to 
you know, take a stand where you affect people's money, I feel like you'll see real change. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. And I mm. and I don't I don't, don't begrudge any individual for working with because at the end of the day, like I I'm if if they if I'm not putting food on your table. So mm. I don't know what your constraints are. You might not even care yourself like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, and 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 or you might see it as an opportunity to leverage some um to, to leverage yourself upwards and maybe when you get a bit bigger you might have more confidence because some people just don't have the confidence and feel like they might especially, exactly. especially for us um black people like in in in, in relation to our other counterparts opportunities can't come at, at a lesser rate so, exactly. so some people may feel like wow i'm not gonna be able to work with another brand like this again or if i shake this deal i might not get a deal like this but this deal could break. so i've I'm a, I'm a person I don't blame people either way. I think mm. I'm prob- I'm definitely closer to your stance, Seb, as my audience could probably guess. So I'm like, mm. no, if you're violating, then you're violating. It is where it is, bruv. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, that's that's another reason why I tweet how I tweet. I'm like, yo, if you lot don't want to f with me, you want to cancel me, then and go for it. Like, I'm not gonna mm. I'm not gonna not have my opinion or base my have have my principles just because some people don't like it. And if you don't mm. want to listen to my podcast, then have at it. But yeah, I feel I feel like that is one difficult part of um business and just cultures because i feel like if we do, my person if we don't defend ourselves then we can't really be surprised when we're always getting attacked mm. just saying so when i say like obviously there's always gonna be elements of our community that are gonna stand up and be like yo f the f this broadcast or f this um this um news journalist or f this mm. former pro who's talking about black boys or this this former makeup artist talking about um about black women. We're not gonna we're not gonna back you lot. But if mm. it's not unilateral, we can't get people out of here. Cause we literally saw a member of our own community say some disparaging things about another community and they exed him off the face of the earth. Um, they, um, like I've never that's the most successful cancellation I've ever seen. It was within um, bro, like you can't even get refunds that quick. That's how <coughs> they bro. off YouTube, off Twitter, off Facebook off IG expeditiously. You know what I'm saying? So, but this is why like, see me like, when it comes to like, friends and stuff like that, I have friends with like, similar morals. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I.e. for example, the Touchline Man. Mm. Remember us having that discussion about a certain broadcast that wanted us to come on and do a certain racial thing uh, and talk about oh, racial oh, yeah, stuff and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, and then, you know, talk about other stuff and maybe some payment, whatever, whatever. And everybody universally said no. Mm. But we said no. And then somebody else went and done, done something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this is where, this is where, like, like, this is where the problem is. The problem is, is people are so happy that a big brand has given them the opportunity. They, they don't, they don't, sometimes people are, are, are unable to step back. Mm. They're unable to step back and assess the brand mm. and look at the brand for what it is rather than the opportunity being presented. And sometimes people say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in a change or whatever. Honestly, from the top down, they don't care. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're just, they're, they, you, they've put you there to um, appease, uh, you know, an audience and to tell some other people to shut up and <laughs> to, to, you know, just to make sure that 
you know, everything's, um, yeah, we filled our quota here. Um, these people are not going to complain about racism here and whatever. But this is the issue. The issue is you, you've got people that are, gonna, are willing to say no and take a stand and go without for a, a, a long time. But that don't, their efforts are to a no, not to no avail because somebody else has taken that. So, it, it made no, it made no, it made no sense that we went on our protest if somebody else was going to take it. Yeah, it's like, true. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. It was a bit nasty, but yeah, like we were like, you can't come out here and be talking about yeah, teach us about unconscious bias when you promote the bias every day. <laughs> exactly, you promote the bias every day, so you can't just come to use us as the oh yeah, let's let's. I call them the PR blacks. Get, yeah, get some PR blacks to come and legalize the the hickey hagger that you're doing. But yeah, I just mm. like, some I don't know. Maybe some I, I honestly feel like some people are just not hip to it. They're not hip to the mm. fact that sometimes you are being used as a pawn, a pawn in in like the PR spin of a company. They actually mm. don't give a ish about black people or to what they say. They just need a positive PR spin because they're getting bullets, and then you'll just happen to be. The fortunate in terms of the the clout and the financial remuneration you may receive, but the unfortunate and due to the actual context of what you're doing to the wider cause. But then again, it's up to people if they care about that or not. And also, yeah, it's like just to kind of quickly go back on everything I said. In everything I said, yeah, and me saying I'm not going on here, I'm not going on there. I'm not in the best position. I'm that's me saying where I still got a brand to build. This brand isn't turning over a profit yet, but we're willing to say no to uh for example, somebody saying they can get us in the Daily Mail. I don't fuck with the Daily Mail, so that's a no. I don't mm. want to be in there. Like and people I, I could do with the, I can do with the press. Do you know what I mean? I would like to put the Daily Mail and this other brand in my pitch deck to, to make me seem more attractive and, you know, scale up my business or whatever. But one thing I say is, uh, the word that you said at the start is integrity, isn't it? Mm. Like, for me, within myself, I'm not going to feel good. Um, and um, as we grow as a brand, I want people to kind of understand um, what we stand for and the things that we go and do because it's one, so, it, it's one thing being a brand, but we also want to be a brand that helps people as well when we're in a position. So we're going to help. So I I couldn't, you know, say, oh, yeah, I'm coming to help and help and help. But then partner up with brands that are not coming to help. It, it doesn't make any sense. Facts. That's absolute, yeah. absolute facts. Okay, um, so where do you see, um, where do you see this going in the coming years in terms of like the increased um, um, awareness, shall I say, of black-owned brands, the increased aware uh, the increased vim that we have mm. to actually go out and say you know we're not having this and i thought um the younger generations have grown up in an era where black people are more vocal on social they got social media they've got actual stars or people or pe- people of interest whether it be music sport uh fashion like with you actual business uh podcast whatever so where do you see things going in the next years are you are you optimistic uh pessimistic or you're indifferent you're not too sure um, I feel like I would be optimistic, but what I feel like people need to do is diversify the products. So right now, it's like there's very there's a lot of the same products, and there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, what the reason why I say there's nothing wrong with that is because when you see something, you feel like I can do it. So if you see somebody with a similar product, you're like, ah, oh, cool. Let me start that product because I've seen him do it. Mm. Yeah. However. What we do is we overcrowd a certain market. It's like, you know when two 
hench gym man try to go through the same door. Yeah. It's a bit it's a bit higgy. It's a bit higgy there. Do you know what I mean? Like one person gotta go first and then maybe there might be another door where you can go in and another door, another door. Eventually we're all in the same room and we're all hench and we can all do what we need to do. Do you know what I'm trying to say? But for me, I feel like we need to open like that we need to literally think outside the box. Like I, I was speaking to somebody the other day, literally go to Waitrose or go to Sainsbury's, pick a product, bro. Pick any product. Jam. I know somebody doing their own jam right now, mm. which and their jam is sick. It's right now in a it's in a cardo. Um, I literally cannot re- remember the name, but the owner of the brand is called Asher. He's like sick as a black guy. Mm. Um, he does his own jam. Mm. Like, like th- why can't you go and dominate that product? And the whole community will support that product. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's so many different things where I feel like we can do. And once we do that, yeah, that's when we're going to see a real, real change. Because there's one thing about, there's one thing, okay, doing a product, but if there's good products and, you know, they're to a better standard than what's on the shelf, because for now, all we have to do is we have to accept what's on the shelf. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to accept it regardless because it's, it's on the shelf. Um, you know, we don't know who owns it and it's the only thing there. However, if I come in with, I don't know, um, my own pasta, even though, you know, I don't like, even though, cool, it's a black guy, he owns his own pasta, sick, go and do that. Mm. There's so many um, other, you know, there's white people that own seasoning brands and, and other brands that we thought were black. So why can't we go and do these things? Go and do these things. Mm. And when we all come into the door, when we all come into the place and we, we've all got our successful products and whatever, I feel like there's going to be real, real change. And I feel like um, people are scared of that change. Like other people that, um, you know, are against black people, they're scared of that change. Once we start to diversify, it's long for them. Like it's super, super long. Yeah, 100%. Because they, they won't be able to dominate um, yeah. in these markets. And also... When there's actual viable alternatives for the people like you, so let's say I don't know, let's say there's a as a jam brand called I don't know, Jam FC or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Jam FC um, were um, had like a racist or like a, like very strong negative racial undertones in advertising, exactly. And but people know that um, your uh, the person you reference Jam is still in their shops or they've got a website, they've got an IG. We go, okay, cool. We're ever buying jam from you, we 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 could just go and empower my man. Do you see know what I'm saying? Exactly. And obviously, so when there's an opportunity cost of you violating certain brands, uh, violating certain um, certain groups of people, you won't do it because right now there's no real, in my opinion, there's no real consequence for a lot of there these brands. A- like what? Like yeah, we'll, we'll we'll drag you on Twitter. Uh, we might make you release a statement, but to the bottom line. Mm, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. until until you could actually impact that, there's a reason why you you, you want you, in my opinion, especially in the UK, I can't talk for other countries. You don't see so much blatant anti um, anti Chinese rhetoric mm. because mm. you're in big trouble. Mm. If these mm. people, if their people, their country, and their country will get behind them as well, mm. pull support and financial and resources for your product, you're done out here. Mm. You're done. You're done. Do you know what I'm saying? I That's think it was. Fact. I think it was like a, it was a fashion brand that did that in China, and they were getting panned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was Dolce. So yeah, you, you, you don't want to do that. So that's. I think um, that's another step in terms of um, um, protecting your uh, protecting our community is having economic freedom mm. and, and economic power. So um, with all our brands, even like even stuff like when I see girls talk about the fact that all their hair shops aren't owned by black people, that's wild to me. Mm. 
Like, mm-hmm. hair products ain't owned by black people. That's wild to me. And obviously, bare these girls are doing sick things in the cosmetics and hair industry. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd really want them just to, like, kind of, like, collude together and just start dominating. Like... 100%. It takes somebody, I don't know how, and somebody that's listening will probably know better than me, but it's like, for example, yeah, um, on an off chance, somebody like Pax says something racist. I'm not going to begrudge, I'm not going to begrudge girls still going to Pax because that's li- literally, they own the market. Yeah, they yeah. literally own the market. They have to go with Pax. It's cheaper in there. It's more accessible. Do you know what I mean? Like some things may not be in other shops or whatever. However, now, if there's like more black-owned um, hair shops or whatever, if Pax went and said something racist and there was an alternative, then do you know what I mean we're good. Mm. And that's what I'm saying in 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 that sense. Or even if it's nails, or even if it's like clothes or whatever, it's if we have more alternatives, we are not um, at these brands' mercy. Do you know what I mean when Pax are you know follow? when young black girls are around the shop or they trying to look and see if we're stealing whatever and we're making people feel feel uncomfortable. We don't have to take that anymore because mm. there's another shop here or whatever. And maybe one day, you see, like, there's so many uh, women that do sell hair and do nails and do creams and whatever. Maybe one day, five of them gets together, they all are million, they all are millionaires and they all take out packs. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe one day something like that happens. And that's that, that's super sick. But I'm seeing new shops pop up, and you know what I mean. I love it. You know what I mean. And and them shops are getting the 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 um the recognition because people are posting our oh, black owned hair shop here, da, 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 and that's sick. Do you know what I mean? I, I I love shit like that. Yeah, same, same, same. So I feel like I thought that's I feel like that's the that's the next step. What I wanted to conclude on is that I saw you have an interesting debate um with somebody online, with a few people online about black billionaires and how you want I think you will support I think Tiny Temper tweeted it and yeah. then you was tweeting and support of some people like no they don't want black billionaires um, I actually disagreed with that I think personally I feel like billionaires are a um, are going to are a nest I'm not sure if it's a necessary evil I'm not sure if evil is the right word I'm not sure if necessary is the right word but I feel like when you have a free market which which we're going to have and which is the most in my opinion the most fair and just thing where people are free to pick and choose what products they want and sell what products they want and you're going to have certain people with sick ideas and they slap yeah mm. like for example like a Jeff Bezos yeah. um, Steve Jobs rest in peace some of these people that become just sick innovators and they absolutely dominate the market and they generate so much money the money surely is gonna have to come to them. Like it's just, it's just, it's just rocket science. Like who else should it go to? Like it's it exactly. my idea. But um, I feel like um, I feel like as a, as a people, especially in the Western world, um, maybe it's because of our family, culturally Afri- African, Caribbean, or quite heavily family orientated, quite heavily community orientated. Like care for your fellow man and stuff like that. Especially when we come into a foreign land and we just have to band together to sit together just to survive. Um, I believe that. Um, the young black British billionaires and uh, multi-millionaires are going to be a lot more ethically sound, a lot more on giving back and actually helping uplift other people. What What's your thoughts on that? I, I, I totally agree. I feel like we, um, as a society right now, especially the black British um, men, no matter how no matter how people on Twitter try to paint, paint them or whatever, we are more aware. 
whether people actually act on that awareness, that's something different. But we are more aware and we are probably one of the most aware to what's going on in the world and what's going on currently in our community. So with everybody in every like every community, there's going to be good and bad people. Mm. However, for me, the most if I if I see that there's a group that there's a group that's probably the most aware, I'm probably going to be more confident that they're going to do some things to for, sorry for their community for the betterment of, the, of their community. Mm. So for me, when I look at certain so there's certain artists where I know this guy don't care about the community. He's just going to spend it on drip. He don't <laughs> give a shit. About, yeah, he don't give a shit about black people. That's fine or whatever, whatever. Cool. But it's exactly. He's going to be Dior Dior. He don't care about nobody. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then certain artists, i.e. people like Stormzy, that with the millions the, that he has, is still doing a madness for his community. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Nobody could tell me that they would begrudge Stormzy being a billionaire because Stormzy is going to be putting bare black kids through school. Mm. Yeah, It's going to be uh, putting on bare black authors, I'm trying to say. He's going to be investing in bare black businesses. And I feel like that's probably the best thing for the ecosystem. Mm. And then also, he's going to be able... So Stormzy, with the influence he has, uh, influence he has, is able to go to certain rooms and do certain things and influence change. And I feel like even when it comes to, you know, where our parents are from or whatever, you can't come in there and be, you can't come in there and and just take over everything and feel like everything is going to be cool. You have to make changes on a, on, a, on a micro level. And the reason why you have to do that is because the whole game of, the whole money game and the whole economic system is based on a certain group of individuals being poor. Mm. Simple as that. Mm. There has to be workers, there's got to be employees, there has to be, because if you give everybody money and you level it up, those corrupt governments will just increase the prices. Mm. So you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win in their game. Not gonna win in their game, but you can make micro changes. For example, me when I'm look, I'm now studying the whole agriculture aspect. Um, so how all of these things like coffee, sugar, whatever, and how fucked up it is because big governments from the West have gone into Africa, made sure they have a monopoly. The farmers are not being paid well because the middle guy is still starving. So the middle guy might be like a black guy that's probably doing better than a farmer, but because he's still starving, he's not passing the money down to the farmer and, uh, and things are not changing. Do you know what I mean? So for me, if I was a billionaire, I could go and do it myself rather than going and, and partnering up with like a company that, I don't know what they're going to do, do you know what I'm trying to say? So it, it, these are the things that we can do to kind of make changes, get money ourselves, go in there and pattern things up um, at a micro level and just pro basically doing the best we can. And then also being aware of where we buy our products. Like Because I know people do like fair trade and I was speaking to somebody the other day and he was saying like, even with fair trade, the money's not going down to the farmers and it's not the big companies for it's the middle guys mm. from the governments or whatever that are not passing the money down. And these are the things like, like when I say like, these are the things that eventually I want to go in and try help. Like, do you know what I mean? But you won't be able to because, um, believe it or not, like, with that, with that amount of money, people will kill you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you can't, true. you can't change, you can't change, you can't fuck the money up for certain governments because it's just long. Do you know what I mean? However, 
if you can make micro, micro, micro changes, do you know what I mean? You're going to better communities. You're going to better certain communities and whatever. And that can only be done where you have enough money and enough power. Like there's a, a Sudanese billionaire, I cannot remember his name, but his, life, his purpose is to kind of um, solve corruption in Africa. So he's got an oh, award. Um, you're talking about, is that uh, Mo Ibrahim? Yes, my guy. So he, he's got an award where he gives a, a million dollars or a million pounds, I can't remember, um, to an African leader who's been the least corrupt. Look what we're having to do. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> hey, you man ain't creamed that much off the top to all that. Fam, fam. That's what I'm trying to say. Look what we're having to do. And I feel like us black Brits that are so aware of our country and where we come from, whatever, we, if we have the money, can go make the power. Uh, sorry, we can go make the change uh, because we have enough power and we have enough money to kind of uh, battle certain things. Mm. Because if it's just people that are thousandaires or low millionaires, people will tell you to shut up, man. You can't really do nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, get out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah, get out of here, man. And, um, like, even, like, they were talking on, on, like, Jeff Bezos and stuff like that. See, Jeff Be uh, Bezos, yeah, he's not the problem, although he is a problem. So, I'm not... People think when you say that, uh, but like, when you don't criticise him or whatever, you don't critique him, it, you're saying he's not a problem. Jeff Bezos is a problem. However, he's a problem for everybody. So, when he first started his business... He made sure there wasn't, there wasn't like his whole thing was work. I don't, I don't, he's not hiring anybody that cares about work home balance. So he's, so the people that are senior level were being worked as much as he was working. Mm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So people now look at the factory workers, yeah? So they look at the factory workers. And the whole issue regarding the factory worker, workers is the place where those factories are, there isn't enough jobs. Mm. And he works the factory workers like he works all his senior members of staff. But the only difference is one, something's manual, isn't it? So I'm doing manual labor and the other person is staying up 12 hours to make sure my site don't crash. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Or to make sure the marketing strategy is right or whatever. And that's literally the type of person he is. But that whole business is driven on us. It's driven on me and you. Yeah. Mm. It's, that, that's why I don't critique certain people because I look at the whole aspect of my whole life. I look at the clothes I wear. I look at my iPhone. I look at, oh, my girl maybe wants an engagement ring in a year or whatever. I look at everything. And I'm thinking, fam, everything, there's fuckery everywhere. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. If we really look at it, somebody is being exploited. Do you know what I mean? So forget about Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Let's think about the micro changes we can make and let's empower the people we feel like will make the changes and offer a better job. So if I come in and I have something similar to Amazon and I'm paying the, a former Amazon workers um, two pound more than what Jeff is paying them, they how they now have an option. Mm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And that's basically how I feel like we should uh, combat the problem. No, no, I, I'm with you. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like mm. when I see people tweeting, "Death to capitalism!" I can't believe you like have capitalism. <laughs> Open to us. He tweeted from iPad. Basically, from iPad. Stay calm, man. Calm. Stay calm and yeah. stay calm. Yeah, I, but like I, I hear what people. I hear what people. I feel like people's. I think. 
the whole capitalist structure, I in in theory, I don't have a problem with it. I feel like it's the most fair out of everything. But mm. it's just how the game is. Like the game is rigged. That's what people don't understand. That's it. The game is rigged. So there are certain things where the political class and the elite class are in cahoots. So they mm. make sure that the man them that are at the top stay at the top and they bust certain man. You see what I'm saying? That's so, the issue. So like for example, people in our communities, for for us to for I was even talking with this with my good friend Bola um mm. yesterday. I was like, for us to be doing anything, we literally have to be absolutely exceptional. Like exceptional. Mm. So and I and I clocked that early. So um, I went to university and even the black people that were my, my I went to quite a good university, even the black people that are my university were like from like both parents are like sick professionals, like whether they be a doctor, a lawyer, a surgeon, or they have like a sick business. Duh, 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 duh. Like in terms of just like standard out on that working class people, like only it was like me and maybe like two others. Mm. Do you know what I mean? In my university, everybody else, like most, like out of all the black people, they were obviously, I'm not saying they're not, they're not less black, but they just, they happen to be fortunate enough to have like two parents working sick jobs or one parent that's just clear. You get me? Mm. And that's like, okay, cool. Then I got into the um, professional world. I work in finance and I'm clocking that the ethnic minorities is not just black people. So like the black people, the Asian people, when I ask them what, um, when I speak to them, articulate, intelligent, bro, intelligent. Bro. what degree did, <laughs> wavy degree, wavy grades, you see what I'm saying? And then when I speak to like, uh, like just like the standard Brit, white um, British person, bear them, didn't even go uni. I'm not saying you have to go uni to be smart, but mediocre intelligence, didn't go uni. Just like, yeah, oh, my uncle bust me in this, or I knew something like, so people be in middle management of very, very good companies, meaning you're earning a very, very good wage. Mm. With mediocre ability, mediocre CV, in terms of skill set, but they've been at hella sick places. But for us to be in the same position as them, we are literally the creme de la creme of our batch. You see what I'm saying? Bro, bro. And that's when I realised that the game is rigged. The game, the game is rigged. So it, yeah, the, the game's unfair, and that's why when people like come, like point out individuals, I'm like, forget that, forget that, because it's not gonna work. Like whatever you see, the camp, the campaign for people like that to distribute wealth would not work. Mm. Yeah, maybe the what may happen is eventually taxes will become fairer. So there's things that Amazon do in regards to taxes that I feel like, okay, this is actually you rigging the game, but it's not you rigging the game. It's you basically. Um, using the loopholes to mm. make sure you don't pay these uh, as much tax here and whatever, whatever. Those are the things that if people complain about that, I'll say fair enough, innit? They should always pay their way um, in regards to taxes or whatever. But you're not taking no money from nobody because mm. if you take money from one person, the whole thing falls apart. Do you know what I mean? There's families, there's families um, that go back hundreds of years with billions and trillions, yeah? So if you take money from Jeff, you're taking money from bare other people. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it wouldn't work. And then also the thing that if they're, if they're, uh, if they're campaigning for uh, the billionaire thing to not exist anymore, so that means the current billionaires stay billionaires mm. and the millionaires don't get to that level, that means the people that would actually be making the change um, don't get to be on the same playing field. Like I said in the group, it's like, you know, um, them being five no up and then unplugging the control pad. So now I can't play no more. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If they are unable to do that, we will still be stuck in the same position. For example, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a great example of a billionaire that puts his money where his mouth is. Jay-Z. Mm. If you look at Jay-Z's list of um, uh, 
um, investments. They're all investments that, well, not all, sorry, that's a lie, <laughs> but most are investments that are doing something called maybe skincare or whatever. Now you know a black person is actually invested in skincare and possibly has an interest to see, oh, what's going to go in there? There may be a skincare brand for a black person. He's also invested in a cookie company, which was is solely black-owned. Mm. Um, and that cookie company now is worth um, $15 million. So he puts his money where his mouth is and invests in the communities, whether that be his actual upfront investments or whatever, or with what he does with Rock Nation and patterning people's contracts so they can go forth and do whatever they're doing. He is a billionaire that actually puts his money where his mouth is. And then probably Nas, who, who many people don't know, he actually has a venture, a venture, a venture capital, uh, capitalist firm as well. Sure. He puts his money where his mouth is and invested in the Walker company, which was, uh, and I think Tristan Walker is the one that created the Bevel Blade. Yeah, so that was like the first um, uh, 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 bevel. Uh, that was the first like blade like aimed at like black people for like shaving and stuff like that. So like even like things like that, like pe- there's people that are putting their money where their mouth is, um, and they're investing in products that are going to benefit us, or from people that look like us, or people that actually care about us. Mm, yeah, for real, yeah. for real. Like, and I don't think people understand like the power of billionaires. Like, like. When you own a big blood clot company, yeah, you have so much power over what policy has. Like, for example, exactly. I'm sure of people who've watched them shows like Homeland or Scandal, all these like American shows that are based on like politics. You can see, and it's not cap. Like, for example, I always use this example, and I can't remember because I, I learned about this when I was in like sixth form. Like, I think mm. so. Obviously, in America, um, how things are, there's, there's there's two main parties: Democrats, Republicans, and obviously there's like fifty odd states, and you get electoral, electoral college votes, and there's certain states are always going to be red, certain states are always going to be blue. And then um, there's going to be certain swing states, and the swing states are key because if you win the swing states, they sway the choice mm. of elections. So I think it was something like I think this was under Bush or something like. Um, I think in one of the key states, yeah, I think it was um, the Kyoto Agreement, which is some environmental-ish time, like years ago, years ago. And they were like, "Yo, we need to put in these certain restrictions." And Boeing were like, "Boy, you man signed that. That's going to be bad for business, cause uh, we got mm-hmm. we got a lot of man working." For our business in your state, my guy. Yeah. So sure yeah. enough, I think I'll fact check if I'm using the wrong example. I don't think I am, but this is like literally over a decade ago. Um. So Boeing were like, I mean, so I think it was Boeing, a fitness company. So Bush was like, hey, you, hey, the rest of the world, come like, man can't <laughs> sign this steel. Like, sticky one still. Sticky man can't shed so much light on that one. And mm. sure enough, like, that man didn't sign it because that's just how it is. So. Mm. Like, this is the type of pressure they have. Or certain man will be like, yo, you man do this? Bruh, I can't know. Man can't really endorse you. Like, man can't really put money in that campaign. A man can't really tell other people I know to F with you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then that's how policies change. So when you mm-hmm. have um, black billionaires and patterned black billionaires, obviously, if you have somebody who blows and doesn't give a rascal up, then that's... that's... Trust me, there's idiots. Yeah. Like, like, there's idiots that I've spoken to and they think about they're going to do things for the community and whatever and they don't do anything. And that like, Not billionaires, but obviously there's people that with millions and mm. um, that are, you know, out there and they speak about doing things for the community and it's just all lies in it. So trust me, there's frauds out there. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so, so something like, for example, like you, when La Salas mm. blows, like, I know what you're on. Like, I know you have a lot of mm. integrity. 
for example, yeah. another one of my friends, Bolasol. Like, I know if she becomes a billionaire, Lord willing, I know what she, I know what type of time she is. Like, she mm. has spe- devoted her whole existence on pro black women before it was actually cool. Like, do you know what I'm saying? That has always been her yeah. thing. Do you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. certain people, Stormzy, I have complete co- confidence in w- what Stormzy, Marcus Rashford, I have complete confidence in what mm. these people are on. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I feel like when you have these people with influence and power and actual ability to impact policy, impact what businesses do, impact where money goes, it's a different setting. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. we have to mm-hmm. see. But yeah, is anywhere you want people to find you? Any things you're involved in? Um, I feel like the best thing uh, for everybody to do is probably like go on our website, which is lasolasrunclub.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Um, my thing more is... Uh, all of like the sick exclusive things I want to send direct to our customers yeah if you want you can go on lasolas.uk um, on like Instagram or Twitter or whatever and follow us there but my main thing is um, building up a community uh, via a mailing list mm. and um, creating just something that's, that people have never seen before from a black person um, and we're literally on our way and come December just before Christmas we're going to relaunch our website relaunch everything and yeah the levels are going to be different yeah amen amen my guy Seb thank you for your time as always love bro yeah and listeners make sure you check out Las Olas make sure you check out Seb um, share this podcast with your friends um, I don't know yeah. what else oh yeah Touch and Frackers make sure you get involved with Amandem Discord yes. community all that type of stuff and yeah until next week peace and blessings Podcast Network.